thank you and praise you and glorify your holy name for you are our master, our king. You're the king of kings and lord of lords. You're our mighty God. We thank you, Father, that your anointing destroys every yoke of bondage. And Father, if we have any sin in our life, we ask you to forgive us. I've already asked you to forgive me for this situation. I'm getting so angry. I just pray for this gentleman and his children that he be careful when he drives, Father, that if he does not know you, that he will. We pray for Pastor Father. I thank you, Father, that this surgery will go well and he will have his sight restored to this eye and no more problems with either eyes. In Jesus' name, amen. And God, I yield myself to you, spirit, soul, and body as I teach. Okay, strife. It is contention, an expression of enmity, to quarrel, to debate, variance, dispute, fraction, or fighting. That's number 2054 in your Strong's Concordance. So let's look at a few of these here because sometimes we think strife is just wanting to get into it with someone, right? But let's look at some of these meanings here that you know, there are a lot of people that like to quarrel, you know, just quarrel and bicker. They, just, they like that. They live for that. It's like, that's just their personality. Sometimes it's, you know, I, I don't like to go family curses, but sometimes in their family, that's what they were raised with. And so it's just constantly picking and constantly. Um, but then there's another thing, you know, there's, there's expressions of enmity, quarreling, debating. You know how some people like to debate? They want it their way, or it's my way or the highway, and they will debate you until you're ready to slap them or just say, shut up. So that's part of strife, when someone wants to debate something continually. Variance, dispute, you know, people that are in strife want to dispute everything. I want to, no, it's supposed to be this way. You know, fraction and fighting. Now in the Webster's, vigorous or bitter. Conflict, discord, antagonism, to quarrel, to struggle, to clash, competition, and rivalry. Now we see in the world a lot of these, you know, competition is huge, quarreling is just, you know, couples that quarrel, sometimes I just want to tell them, why'd you get married? Why, why in the world did you even get married? But um, conflict, bitter, rivalry, and you know, words, if you look at all of these, they have to do with words, which I taught on on Sunday, and almost every one of these. And so let's look at Romans 8, 6. Strife's power.
Okay. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So if you're spiritually minded, you're going to have life and peace. If you're carnally minded, is death. Let's look at it in the Amplified. Now the mind of the flesh, which is sense and reason without the Holy Spirit. So the mind of the flesh, which is sense and reason without the Holy Spirit, is death. Death that comprises all the miseries arising from sin. So we're made up of, of a spirit, a soul, and a body. And our mind, when we get born again, our spirit is born again. It's renewed, but our mind is not. And so you can tell in a person when they talk long enough if their mind is renewed. And a mind can be renewed in different areas. You know, you can have your mind renewed to prosperity or, or different things, but your mind can be very carnal in other areas. And so as we look at this, and we, we look at this really closely, the mind of the flesh, which is sense and reason without the Holy Spirit, is death. Death that comprises all the miseries arising from sin, both here and hereafter. But the mind of the Holy Spirit is life and soul peace, both now and forever. So when you're operating through the mind of Christ, when you have washed your mind with the washing of the water of the word, you have peace. Even if it's a situation that you go through that is stressful or whatever, you're still going to be able to operate in the spirit realm. Now, tonight, when I, literally, I really wanted to roll down my window and tell this guy off. I'm going to be real honest with you. And that was wrong. And in my, in, inside of me, I felt ugly. How many know what I'm talking about? And dude, I felt, I, I felt, I knew that I had operated, I was in sin. You know, yeah, he did it wrong or whatever, but it's up to me to forgive him and move on. Okay, I don't like using myself, but so these are areas that we need to, you know, I allowed my fleshly, the fleshly areas that, Personally, I thought that was gone to that degree because I would have liked to have pulled him out of the car. I, I mean, I'm just going to share it. That, that was an area that was carnal and wrong. You all understand what I'm saying? And I, have, I called pastor right away and I said, just pray. And um, he prayed for me and the man and whatever. But... I said, just pray. I, I don't like to have this feeling on me. You know, it's, an old, it's a past feeling that I haven't felt for years, okay? But I saw those children, and I knew if I'd hit them the way his car was turned, I would have hit the side of the car. And I, I just, it, you know, whatever, it was wrong, and I didn't like that feeling. So the mind of the flesh, which is sense and reason without the Holy Spirit, is death and death that comprises all the miseries arising from sin, both here and hereafter. But the mind of the Holy Spirit is life and soul peace, both now and forever. So I knew immediately that I needed to bind that, that 
thing that I was, the anger that I was feeling, bind it, ask God to forgive me for it, forgive him, and move forward. Or you can hang on to it. You have a choice. But we all know what, when we operate, when we fall into sin, whatever it is, there's this ugly feeling that you get. Amen? Am I the only one that ever feels that? You're all looking at me like, geez, what's with her? Well, anyway. So, to be carnally minded is death, to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So, this is where it talks about do not be angry and sin not. In other words, be angry, but get rid of it immediately. Don't allow that sin to overtake you and dwell on it and whatever. I'm just using this experience as a example to each one of us. I'm not upset with the guy anymore. That, that ugly feeling's gone, and I'm very grateful. Okay, the enemy invades a Christian life with one of the most destructive forces in his arsenal to combat the forces of God. So he invades a Christian life with this destructive force in his arsenal. Unfortunately for some, it becomes a daily routine that they believe and consider a normal way of life. You know, they have anger management classes for people that have problems with anger. Well, we know that I'm going to teach on this a little. God, Lord, I didn't really want to, but as an example, if I'd let that thing go on, I could open myself up to a spirit of anger. And that's a very ugly spirit. And we have to be so careful because once you open yourself up to that, then you start spewing out things that are ungodly. And all of a sudden, you just, you have no, once that spirit is in there, you have no control over what you're saying. You just start spewing it out when it, wherever. You get upset with somebody and you just say things that you didn't mean to say. Okay? And so, for some of it becomes a daily routine that they believe and consider a normal way of life. Well, this to me, and I believe all of you, is not a normal way of life. I pray not. We have all yielded to this force at one time or another. This force of the enemy is called strife. Webster's Dictionary says, It is the act of striving and dissension with one another, contention or competition, an act or state of quarreling bitterly and struggling. A struggle or a conflict is an, a struggle or a conflict and it is discord or disharmony. Strife opens the door for, enemy, for the enemy to, to destroy our lives. So when we get in strife, we open the door for the enemy to destroy our lives, and we're, we can't figure out why in the world is all this stuff going on amongst us. That's why Pastor and I make it a point to keep our house free of strife and discord. We don't want it. We, from the very beginning after we got born again we knew that we can't have this in our lives at all in our home we must come to this understanding that we live and love to live and love is our responsibility so whose responsibility is it to act be the grown up one 
be the adult one and to be the one that walks in love and forgiving each one of ours. You know, a lot of, a lot of married couples or people say, well, you know what? When they come to me and ask me to forgive them, then I'll let it go. It doesn't work that way. We have to let it go immediately. Or it can become a spirit in our life. Okay? So, we must refuse strife. We must refuse discord. We must refuse disharmony. So if there's strife, discord, or disharmony in your life, where did you let it in? You know, I always tell people when I'm sitting with them and they have these, these things, we pray together and ask God to reveal to them when they let it in. And most people can honestly tell you they already know. They, you know, if they are Christian, the Holy Spirit will take them back to that immediately, and they already know. And so I pray that we all learn from this tonight. So we must refuse strife. We must refuse discord. We must refuse disharmony. And it's up to us to keep strife from operating in our lives. And it's not God's responsibility. It's our responsibility. You know, a lot of people... Gosh, when I was born again, Flip Wilson, I think that was who it was, had a, you guys probably don't even know who he is, unless your parents used to watch him, but he, I think he's the one that said, the devil made me do it. How many remember that? That was a big thing back there. Well, I got born again around that time when he was popular, and so that was a phrase that Christians used a lot, unfortunately. Of course, the Christians that, the church that we were going to, they were not, word on fire believers the majority of them they just just knew salvation and some were baptized in the holy spirit but that was a saying you heard people say all the time the devil made me do it the devil cannot make you do one thing hey wake up tonight and you smile give me a smile everybody okay he can't make us do anything that we don't want to. He can try. He can keep pushing you, and, and, and he will. You know, there are periods and times in our lives that we go through things. That's why the Bible says, count it all joy when you encounter diverse tests and trials, knowing that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Let patience have its perfect work, so you may be entire, wanting or lacking nothing. So we all want to be entire, lacking nothing. Amen? So, praise God. It's not God's responsibility, it's our responsibility. The only way to torment the enemy is to walk in love. Love is the only thing that the enemy does not understand because there is none in him. So that's why the love walk is so important. We need to walk in love. And in the days and the times that we live in right now, it's, it's in the natural impossible. You've got to do this through the spirit realm. You've got it. We have got to be walking in the spirit continually. And when we're, you know, the enemy will wait until you're caught off guard. 
today was one of those caught off guard days. He'll wait till there's a caught off guard day where your thoughts are on something else to bring this kind of thing in to try to harass you and cause you to become frustrated or angry or strifeful or whatever, okay? So we need to learn to walk in love. And it's hard when there's people around you that aren't walking in love and you, you know, a lot of times we want to say, or, or it's easy to think, well, they're not doing it, why should I? How many have ever had that thought? You know, they're not walking in love, why should I? Remember, one of the biggest things in, in here, in the, in the Strong's Concordance, or one of the things under strife is to debate. And... If you stay on the phone long enough in a conversation, one of these things that comes up here, debate, dispute, fraction, fight, whatever, with someone that you're kind of have a little bit of where you rub one another, it can come up. So we have to really watch this one area. You know, people, people talk about Sodom and Gomorrah and they get on the whole thing, but really the the root cause in, and the root cause of strife is pride. And there was a lot of strife there. And so we need to realize what is the root cause of certain things and, and why do these things happen? I always, since the time God told me to go after that spider, not keep pulling down the web, I've gone after the root cause and things and tried to work that out. Get, if you can get to the root, you can get to the spider, you'll get rid of the webs, right? Amen? Fortunately, right now, I don't think we have any spiders in the house. But we must refuse this strife. We have to refuse it. How do you refuse it? You don't allow it to happen. When these things come all of a sudden at you, and you feel this ugly thing, you need to say, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus, and I'm not taking that. I'm not going to take that on myself. So... Count it all joy when you encounter diverse tests and trials. So there will be diverse tests and trials. And a lot of times we think, I'm the only one going through this. And yet, if you ask people how things are going, you'll find out that the majority of people that you know are going through a situation. But it's something that you know, there's a lot of things that people don't want to bring out in the open because they're embarrassed about it. But it says, confess your faults to one another, and it helps one another. How many realize that? hope you're getting something out of this. Okay, to walk in love is our responsibility. The only way to torment the enemy is to walk in love. The enemy does not understand love. Strife caused Lot and Abraham to have to be separated because Lot's people, Lot's people were constantly in strife. And so Abraham said, listen, this land is not big enough to hold all of us. In other words, I can't, I, there's a lot of us and I can't handle your people that are in such strife. My people aren't. But, and I don't want that to jump over onto mine. How many know that can jump over onto people? 
big time. So let's look at Galatians 5, 6 a minute. Anytime we act in faith, not based on love, our faith is useless. So I always found that very interesting how many people Lot took with him that had been with Abraham, knew the way Abraham responded to things, knew that Abraham was a godly man. They called him Abraham. Every time they said his name, it meant you are the father of many nations. They knew exactly how he believed, and yet he took all his people in there, and he only came out with three. He, his wife came, but the Bible says she turned and longed for the place, and she turned into a pillar of salt. How would you like to see your mate turn into a pillar of salt before you? That'd be interesting. I'd say run. Okay, Galatians 5, 6. It was so sad that the angels literally had to drag him out of there. That, when you think about that, that's, that to me is unreal. That the angels literally had to grab them by the hand and drag them and his wife longed for the place so bad that she turned and looked back. So really only three of them got out and the daughters had become so affected. You know, the Bible talks about Locke being vexed. So he'd become affected. The daughters had that they got him drunk and had sex with him. I mean, that is vile. And that was what was going, you know, these things were going on there, sexual sin. And so really, what, what did he, and I could go into their, their lineage, the daughter's lineage, what happened with them, but we don't have time to tonight. But how sad that he did not, Lot himself did not keep the people that he brought into Sodom. You know, he saw that it was the beautiful area. He said, I'll take the pretty place. How sad that he did not keep those that he brought in that he was responsible for and his family in the things of God. That just amazes me. So let's look at Galatians 5, 6. For in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but faith worketh which worketh by love. So we have got to have faith working in love. For if we are in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith activated and energized and expressed and working through love. So faith has to work through love. And we know in, in 1 Corinthians 13, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. Wow, that's heavy. So the enemy enjoys getting people in the arena of strife. He divides to conquer. Strife is the biggest thing that splits, that causes church splits. He likes to get people, and what happens, he gets weak people to talking and chattering, well, I didn't like this or whatever, and he gets them and, and pulls them out of church. And the sad thing is I've seen many new baby Christians that have been pulled out that lose out 
on their salvation. They just quit going. They just say, you know, there's a bunch of hypocrites there. And I've seen it time and time again. And we don't, one thing we don't like here is strife. So if you have odd against anybody, pray about it. If it's still there, go to them and get rid of it immediately. Amen. This is his strategy. If he can keep believers from living in God's love, there is nothing that we can do to stop him. Do you know that even parents over little kids fighting can get in strife over what their kids do? And it's not worth it. It's not worth losing a friend over two little kids fighting. And I've seen that split up friendships many, many times. Praise you, Jesus. Okay. His whole strategy is to keep us in turmoil, keep us discontented, and to keep us fighting and arguing and quarreling amongst ourselves. If he can do that, he will have accomplished his goal. So understand this. The enemy wants to keep you in turmoil. He wants to keep you discontented. Discontented is someone that, to me, does not like the way things are being done, thinks they can do things better. You know, just think about, study discontented and make sure you don't have any of that in yourself because that is one thing that will take you down a long, long road and it's not worth it. If he can do that, he will have accomplished his goal. He can stop everything that you have ever envisioned to do if he can get us over into the arena of strife. Let's say it again. He can stop everything that you have ever envisioned to do if he can get us over into the arena of strife. You don't have the power of God unless you have and operate in the love of God. So a lot of people are trying to operate in the power of God and yet they have discord or strife or something in their lives, anger, and they find that they just can't operate in the power of God that maybe they once operated in or they've longed to operate in. So we need to really keep ourselves, keep a check on this one. Okay. Galatians 5, 14 and 15. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, take heed that you be not consumed one of another. Then I say, I say, this I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of this flesh. I'm going to read it out of the Amplified. I'm doing 14, 15, and 16. For the whole law concerning human relationships is compiled within the one precept. You shall love your neighbor as you do yourself. But if you bite and devour one another in partisan strife, be careful that you and your whole fellowship are not consumed by one another. 
But I say, walk and live habitually in the Holy Spirit, responsive to and controlled and guided by the Spirit, then you will certainly not gratify the cravings and desires of the flesh of human nature without God. And he goes on to, let's go down here a little bit. He goes on and talks about the cravings and the desires of the flesh. And that in 17, they're opposed to the Holy Spirit. And the, the desires of the flesh are opposed to the opposed to the flesh. The desires of the spirit are opposed to the flesh. Godless human nature, for these are antagonistic to each other, continually withstanding and in conflict with each other, so that you are not free, but are prevented from doing what you desire to do. That's heavy. We all want to be free, and none of us want to be prevented from doing what we desire to do. But if you are guided, led by the Holy Spirit, you are not subject to the law. Now the doings, practices of the flesh are clear and obvious. They are immorality, impurity, indecency, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, anger, ill-temper, selfishness, divisions, dissensions, party spirits, factions, sex with, a peculiar with peculiar opinions, heresies, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and the like. I warn you beforehand, just as I did previously, that those that do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So if these things are operating in your life, you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God the desires that you have here on this earth, the things that you desire to walk in, these things will keep you from operating in the things that God has for you, and it's not worth it. How many know that? So we understand that strife can stop the move of the Holy Spirit. Strife can stop a church dead in its tracks from ever accomplishing anything that God has envisioned or put within the hearts of those people. Strife can destroy, divide and destroy churches, devour whole families, and destroy marriages. Do you know just one person in a family? One person can cause so much strife and conflict that it keeps the whole family in turmoil. It's sad, just one person can do that. The sad thing is, you know that old saying, if mama ain't happy, nobody's happy. A lot of times, many times, I hate to say this, it's, it's the mother of the family that, that does this. You know, where the Bible talks about it's better to be on, in, a, in the attic than with a dripping wife or what, it, you know what I mean, all those scriptures. So we women especially have to really watch ourselves when it comes to quarreling and discord and whatever. Amen. Um, James three fourteen through sixteen says, "But if you have bitter envy and strife in your hearts, glory not 
and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, and devilish. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion in every evil work. For the wisdom that is above is first pure. Think of this. God's wisdom is pure, peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. But then he goes on to say, in verse 17, in the Amplified, but the wisdom from above is first of all pure, undefiled, then it is peace-loving, courteous, considerate, gentle. It is willing to yield to reason, full of compassion and good fruits. It is wholeheartedly and straightforward and impartial and unfringed, free from doubts, wavering, and insincerity. So we realize that when this wisdom from above when we're operating in that, that there aren't going to be doubts, waving, or insincerity. That's heavy. Are you dealing with doubt quite a bit? Go back and check and see what's going on in your life. You know, it's, this Bible is so simple. If you have this problem, then this is the answer. Praise God. Amen. It's earthly having this life only in view, sensual living to satisfy the animal appetites and devilish, inspired by demon forces. It becomes a downward spiral and, and we should fall into it. A downward spiral, spiral that we do not want to fall into. Every evil work will come our way. Ouch. 1 Corinthians 13 tells us the nine gifts of the Spirit we can use in this life. Note that everyone operates in and by love. The enemy is smart enough to know that he can get us into strife. He can stop the nine gifts of the Spirit. As we look at this strategy, to we need to re that this removes us from the power, position, and possessions that the Lord has given to the believer. And so that's the enemy's one big desire is to remove us from the power, position, and possessions that God has given to the believer. It's hard to believe that strife can cause this much, can remove this much out of our lives, take away from us the things that God has in store for us. That's heavy when you think about it. It's not worth it. Strife is also competition. The world is full of competition. And when competition comes into churches, it's a world of trouble. In 1 Corinthians 3, 1 through 3, you know, we're all competitive in, in one way or another. I used to be real competitive in Monopoly. To pastor forbid, forbid me to play it. Are you all out there tonight? I hope you're getting this. 
this is a heavy duty one. However, brethren, I could not talk to you as to spiritual men, but as non-spiritual men of the flesh, in whom the carnal nature predominates as to mere infants in the new life in Christ and able to talk yet. I feed you with milk, not solid food, but you were not yet strong enough to be ready for it. For even yet, you are not strong enough to be ready for it. For you are still unspiritual, having the nature of the flesh under the control of ordinary impulses. For as long as there are envying and jealousy and wrangling and factions among you, are you not unspiritual and of the flesh, having yourselves after a human standard and like mere unchanged men. Thank God that we are not in this area. I thank God for each one of you. You are hungry for the meat. You desire to have the meat. If you heard the salvation message every Sunday, you'd get, you know, being saved. It would be wonderful, but you want more. You want to learn how to operate in life in Christ Jesus, through Christ Jesus. Amen? At least that's my, what I pray over you. Strife will restrict the flow of revelation of God's word in lives. Remember when, um, oh gosh, I can see him. He wrote the Beta Satan. Right. How he talked about, he didn't even realize that he was upset at his pastor for months. And because he was upset at his pastor, he was not getting anything out of what the pastor had to say. I mean, here he's sitting in church. The rest of the people there are excited, getting the word, living the word, having things fulfilled in their lives, you know, believing for things and the things happening and nothing's happening in his life. It was happening in his wife's life. It was happening in his kids and his friends, everybody else, but not in his, until I believe it was his wife that finally told him, listen, you have unforgiveness towards the pastor. You need to get it right. And think of all those months where he could not be fed the meat of the word. All those months that were wasted. And so we need to dump this stuff out of our lives immediately. Okay. Strife will restrict the flow of revelation of God's word in our lives. We have to get it in our spirits that we are no longer just mere men. We have been changed. You're no longer a mere man. You have been changed. And your spirit hungers for the word of God, for the revelation knowledge of the word. In 2 Corinthians 5.17. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> when you think about this, who you are in Jesus Christ. I never knew all that when I was first saved. Let's see, I got saved in 1971. And I never really knew about that till probably 75. So there were four years that... I was just hearing just normal whatever. One thing that they taught in the church I was born again that God puts sickness on you to teach you things. 
So when I heard the truth on healing scriptures and things, that was totally, I thought those people were nuts because of what I'd been taught for four years. Seriously. Pastor grabbed a hold of it, but I, because he, you know, he just did. I had a problem with it because after I got saved, I'd never had so many, so much sickness happen and whatever. Well, if that's what you're hearing, then you're going to, you know, whatever. So I'm being taught something. I wasn't being taught anything except I was miserable. So 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if any person is engrafted in Christ the Messiah, he is a new creature, a new creature altogether. The old previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away. Behold, the flesh and new has come. Thank you, Jesus. The, fre the fresh and the new has come. Every day, from glory to glory is changing, and the fresh and the new comes into your life every day as you read the Word. We must operate according, we're, we are not, let's see, I'm going to go back. We are new creatures in Christ Jesus. We're not of the world any longer. We're in it, but we are not part of it. We are of the kingdom of God. We must operate according to its laws and precepts. We know and understand and do this. It it to be effective in our lives. Hallelujah. Second Timothy two twenty three through twenty six. Thank you, Lord. But refuse, shut your mind against, have nothing to do with trifling, ill-informed, undefined, stupid controversies over ignorant questionings, for you know that they foster strife and breed quarrels. And the servant of the Lord must not be quarrelsome, fighting and contending. Instead, he must be kindly to everyone and mild-tempered, preserving the bond of peace. He must be a skilled and suitable teacher, patient and forbearing and willing to suffer wrong. Let's look at this. Refuse, shut your mind against. Have nothing to do with trifling, inform, undefined, stupid controversies over ignorant questions. This gets down to... Huh. quarreling and debating and, and variance and fighting and expressions of enmity. Stu what was that cup you got? It was pick and save at the time. Get out, you stupid demon. Or what? Out, out, you demon of stupidity. She should have bought them all. They had a ton of them. What was it? A red? Wasn't it a red? Was it a red cup? That was hilarious. It's the truth. How many? How many have you know? When people are just plain dumb. That's the only. You know, they're they're just. And it's on per, you know, they used to call them dumb blondes. 
It's almost on purpose. We don't have time for that. Amen? Okay. 2 Timothy 2, 23. There are a lot of questions that need not be asked or answered. In verse 26 it says, And that they may come to their senses and escape out of the snare of the devil, having held captive by him henceforth to do his, God's will. Do you realize that when we allow these things that we are captive of the devil, snared by him? I don't want to be snared by the enemy and held captive. How many have ever been held down by anything? I know when I had Mike, because he hadn't turned, they literally took, I was on the delivery table, they took my hands and they bound them down and stuffed an oxygen mask over my face. That was the worst feeling in the whole world, number one, to be tied down. I wouldn't do good in handcuffs at all. To be tied down and then have this thing over your face and you have no... You have nowhere to go. You are totally, and I didn't know the Lord then, or things would have been different, but I, you're totally under someone else's control. I don't like that feeling at all. And we, we do not, as believers, as born-again, spirit-filled, word-of-faith people, never have to be in that place. Thank God. That's why we do never, ever want to open ourselves up to this strife and discord. Thank you, Jesus. I mean, and, and that, and verse 26, that they may come to their senses and escape out of the snare of the devil, having been held captive by him, henceforth to do his God's will. Praise God. We are free. And the sun sets free is free indeed. Thank God. The word, don't let your ears become containers of trash. Get, get out of the snare of the enemy. Don't let your ears become containers of traf, trash. Recover yourselves. Only you can do it. The word recover simply means to awake or arouse. Let's see if it says this. Let me see. Okay, to awake or aroused, it is important to recognize that the person that is caught in the snare is opposing himself. When one is in strife, the enemy can ransack your life at will. When someone is in strife, the armor of God is no longer protecting them. That is heavy. I'm going to read this again in 2 Timothy 23, and I'm going to read it out in the King James through 26. But foolish and unlearned questions avoid knowing that they do gender strife. And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient, in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. If God preventure, will give them repentance to the, to the acknowledging of the truth, that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil, who are taken captive by him at his will. This strife is ugly. It's horrible. It, it'll keep you in bondage. It'll keep us in bondage. When you see it coming, get out. Say, I'm out of here. Don't even sit around. Don't let your ears become, become containers. Recover yourself. The word 
Recover simply means to awake or arouse. It is important to recognize that the person that is caught in the snare of opposing himself, when one is in strife, the enemy can ransack his life at will. When someone is in strife, the armor of God is no longer protecting him. You will stand before the enemy spiritually naked with no protection and be taken at his will. How hideous is that? You can put on your armor all day long, but if you're in strife or discord, it's not going to cover you. This, you know, I remember, I wish I'd written down the day, but I remember standing at our kitchen sink, staring out, doing the dishes in Watsonville, and God telling me, do not allow strife in your life or in, in this house or in this family's life. Because when you, if you do, when you do, if you do, then every demonic force can come on the scene. And that, I will tell you, there are certain things that I remember God telling me, and that startled me. That was enough for me to know, keep it out. Because it's ugly. That was right around the same time when I used to fold clothes and I would pray over everybody's clothes and God said you couldn't stand one minute of hell but people you come in contact with daily will spend eternity there daily and I thought I can't stand one minute of hell but they'll spend eternity there that's powerful that was right around that same time could have been the same day praise you Jesus so don't allow this you are the only person that can recover yourself. Your pastor can't, your mama can't do it, and God can't do it. You and you alone have the authority to do it, and that's it. Matthew 18, 19, and 20. It's not worth it. That's why tonight, when I, that happened and I felt that ugly thing, I knew exactly what the ugly thing was. You want to roll down your window and tell this guy off and get in strife. And I was like, no, you're going to pray for him instead. Just start praying now. It's not worth it. Again, I tell you, if two of you on earth agree, harmonize together, make a symphony together, about whatever, anything and everything that you may ask, it will come to pass and be done for them by my Father in heaven. For wherever two or three are gathered, drawn together as my followers in my name, I am in the midst of them. Thank you, Jesus. This is where Peter says in verse 21, came to him and said, Lord, how many times... May my brother sin against me, and I forgive him and let it go. As many as up to seven times. And Jesus answered him, I tell you, not up to seven times, but up to seventy times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a human king who wished to settle accounts with his attendants. And he goes on, and go ahead and read it yourself. So... <laughs> when we stand in agreement, there is tremendous power. 
Jesus comes in agreement and no enemy can prevent it. Strife and love are two opposite forces. To prevent strife, we must walk in love and forgive immediately. Not down the line, but immediately. Not even when you feel that someone has completely gone against your rights or whatever. We have to forgive them and walk in love. And that is the hardest thing I totally believe that a believer is asked to do, will be asked to do in this life. Because human nature wants to get the person back. God's nature is God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And we know the story. We were deep in sin. If there had just been Nada, just Nada, here on the earth, God would have come for her. Jesus would have come and paid the price for her. So many times we forget this. Strife and love are two opposite forces. To prevent strife, we must walk in love and forgive. You must maintain your own heart. How in Ephesians 4. There's a lot, you know. I mean, those kids in there are learning how to walk in the things of God. And let me tell you, those kids in there have pretty horrible lives at home. We can't even imagine what some of them go through. They're being taught at this very young age. I wish I'd been taught at a young age. You must maintain your own heart according to Ephesians 4, 29 through 32. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking put it, be put away from you with all malice. And be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Praise you, Jesus. This is the last scripture. This shows us the power and authority we have and the ability to walk in love. I'm going to go ahead and read it out of the Amplified. I'm going to start with verse 26. When angry, do not sin. Do not ever let your wrath, your exasperation, your fury, or indignation last until the sun goes down. Leave no such room or foothold for the devil. Give no opportunity to him. Let the, let the thief steal no more, but rather let him be industrious, making an honest living with his own hands so that he may be able to give to those in need. Let no foul or polluting language, nor evil word, nor unwholesome or worthless talk ever come out of your mouth, but only such speech as is good and beneficial to the spiritual progress of others, 
as it is fitting to the need and the occasion, that it may be a blessing and give grace God's favor to those who hear it. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Do not offend or vex or sadden him by whom you, by whom you are sealed, marked, branded as his own secure, has his own secured for the day of redemption of final deliverance through Christ from evil and consequences of sin. Let all bitterness and indignation and wrath, passion, rage, bad temper, and resentment, anger, animosity, and quarreling, brawling, clamor, contention, and slander, evil speaking, abuse, or blasphemous language be banished from you with all malice, spite, ill will, or baseness of any kind, and become useful and helpful and kind to one another, tender-hearted, compassionate, understanding, loving-hearted, forgiving one another readily and freely as God in Christ forgave you. Thank you, Jesus. Well, I thank God for his word. Praise you, Father. Does anybody need prayer tonight? Okay.